The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, Rebel Rouser. I'm Alan Voivod, and this is Star Wars 7x7. We're at episode number 1,654 today, and here's basically what the genesis of this episode was. So, you know, we've talked about Scott Mendelson on the show before. He is the guy who does all of the box office reporting for Forbes magazine, or at least Forbes Online. And his stuff has always been, I thought, very compelling. And he had a piece that... You know, at first, I was kind of like, nah, I don't know about this. And then upon further thought, well, you know, maybe not exactly the way he's thinking about it. And then on further thought, well, wait a second, what are the implications of this? So let me just <laughs> make it clear for a start. The story had to do with the fact that Paramount has canceled a planned Star Trek four. So a fourth movie in the rebooted Star Trek franchise has apparently quietly been canceled. And this allegedly has to do with the fact that Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth, who were Captain Kirk and Captain Kirk's father, respectively, stepped away from the, the, the negotiating table. They didn't want to lower their fees. They'd been promised a certain amount when the sequel to Star Trek Beyond, the third movie, had been promised. And... You know, they said no. And so Paramount said, well, this is not going to make money for us, so we just have to cancel the thing. And believe me, this will also have something to do with Star Wars momentarily. <laughs> so bear with me, if you will. Um, Scott Mendelson's take was that basically, you know, people were substituting Star Trek for Star Wars, and that because of the fact that now we actually have Star Wars, Star Trek. Eh, not so much, and that people are just not necessarily as motivated to see a Star Trek movie. General audiences, casual audiences, if you will. And it's a really fascinating thing to consider, and you would kind of think, you know, is that really the case? But I did a Google Trends search, and I actually expanded it all the way back to 2004, and the only times you see a spike in interest in Star Trek over a spike in interest in Star Wars is when the rebooted Star Trek came out in 2009 and then when the sequel Star Trek Into Darkness came out in 2012. And even when you get to 2016 when Star Trek Beyond came out, it still didn't generate the bump that people saw, you know, that people saw for the first two Star Trek reboots. So the thing that got me particularly thinking about Star Wars in this context, though, was just a little worrisome line about the development of the Star Trek franchise over the course of you know the 2009 reboot and onward. The fact that the Star Trek Into Darkness 
listing was described as having been divisive with the fan base and underperforming comparatively speaking and also not doing as well overseas as they expected although there was a bump allegedly because of a conversion to 3d so there was something that was good in that regard but you know that line about star trek into darkness being divisive among the fan base well you know that didn't sound familiar at all and so you know Looking at then Star Trek Beyond, it was a movie that ultimately appealed greatly to the fan base, but I guess it just didn't have the same legs, comparatively speaking. Although, I guess when they looked at it, you know, adjusted for inflation, it did okay and that sort of thing. But, you know, it got me thinking, you know, is it possible that Episode 9 could be the Star Trek Beyond of the sequel movies? And, you know, I don't think it's going to end up being the case. This was just another moment where I had a gut check of, like, does this really make sense? And Star Trek has never really performed as well as Star Wars has at the box office. And, you know, that's, again, not a knock on Star Trek. I enjoy myself some Star Trek movies. You know, not to the level that I enjoy Star Wars movies, but be that as it may. You know, it really has been more successful as a television series than it has been as a movie franchise. It's certainly done well, but you can think of a lot of different movie franchises over the years that have done better than Star Trek at the box office. I mean, looking at the list here, and I'm actually looking at it right now, on Wikipedia there is a list of the highest grossing fa uh, franchises and film series. Star Trek is 23rd right now on that list with 13 movies. And, you know, just for the comparative, James Bond is in 4th place with 26 movies. And the James Bond franchise has made $7 billion collectively, whereas Star Trek has only made $2.2 billion. So, you know, even just on a per-film basis, the James Bond movies have made more money comparatively. And, you know, it's exactly double the amount of movies. So, you know, it works out perfectly that way. And meanwhile, the Mission Impossible movies, there have been six of them, less than half. And that's made $3.5 so almost half again more. And then let's say the Transformer movies, seven of them. The DC Extended Universe, oh my gosh. Well, there you go. 12, <laughs> 12th place for the DC Extended Universe, $4.7 billion over six movies. So more than double with half the amount of movies. For DC, for heaven's sakes, I mean... <laughs> You know, and DC's not the one that does as well, you know, of course, Marvel Cinematic Universe. In fact, the three Avengers movies have done more money, have made more money than the six movies in the entire DC Extended Universe. Holy cow. So at this point, it seems like the thing that still makes the most sense as far as predictions go. And I mean, you know, you can only take these things so far, but... In the past, with both the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy, the first movie did the best, the second movie did the worst, and the third movie hit right in between them. And so, yeah, at this point, every reason to think that that's the way it's going to go with the Episode Nine debut as well. There is, however, one thing that is just kind of nagging at me, and it's just not making me very comfortable about that scenario, and I will explain that to you in just a moment. First, though, I just want to say, hey, if you're not subscribing to the show already, I hope you will. And thank you, of course, for subscribing if you already are. And as always, I hope you will consider supporting this daily dose of Star Wars joy by joining the community at patreon.com slash SW7X7. 
And so the thing that's nagging at me is a thing that as I was doing the research for this particular episode and looking at why Star Trek Beyond didn't necessarily perform as well as its predecessors, Simon Pegg, who actually wrote the Star Trek Beyond script, said that he believed that one of the big reasons why it did not do as well as it could have done is because of the marketing situation, that they actually did not get the marketing engine up and running for it until comparatively very late in the process. And I've been thinking about that in relation to the fact that there's been no real marketing push for episode nine at all yet. And when you think about it in terms of The Force Awakens, the marketing push happened 13 months prior to the release of the movie itself with the teaser that came out on Black Friday of that year and heck even the release of the title of the movie even earlier in early November of 2014. As yet there has been no dedicated push by Lucasfilm at all to start promoting episode 9 and I know that celebration is going to be a big thing for sure there's absolutely going to be a full court press when that happens because we're going to get some sort of video there we're going to get some sort of news about the movie but I really hope that they don't wait until Celebration in April to start the promotion of Episode 9. I feel like they've really got to get going on it much sooner. And so if the word from the folks at Making Star Wars that there is a trailer that has been created and is just, you know, kicking around the halls of Lucasfilm waiting for its final approvals and whatnot, well, man, I hope that is accurate. And I certainly hope that we get it in time for the Super Bowl. I know Super Bowl marketing, you know, <laughs> whatever, but it's got to get started sometime. So let's keep our fingers crossed that it is definitely going to be sooner rather than later, because I think that it, it matters in this day and age, even though it's Star Wars, even though it's a much huger event, demonstrably compared to all of the Star Trek movies. I, you know, I don't think we can necessarily look a gift horse in the mouth that way. So that is going to do it for today's episode. Thank you so much for joining me for it. And of course, of course, may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other related Star Wars items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2019 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.